Hello, friends and comrades. Uh, this is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. This is Rob in Bunker Studio. We're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're behind enemy lines in the belly of the beast, the Highlands. Um, Carl is super producing from a remote location. And today's show is uh, brought to you in cooperation with the Delaware Call. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some hot topics that are happening uh, in Newcastle County. And when I say hot topics, I know the first thing that comes to mind is land use codes. Uh, but it, there actually is some some interesting stuff, and we have uh, the subject matter experts here um, to talk on it. Uh, first is the uh, Newcastle County Land Use General Manager, Rich Hall. Hello, Rich. Uh, good evening, everyone, and uh, glad to be here. Cool. And uh, the president of the Progressive Democrats of Delaware and the Bunkers Director of Suburban Newcastle County Affairs, Jordan Pusey, friend of show. Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're just we're just going to have you back all the time. I guess that's how that's going to go. That works for me. Just have me <laughs> as a regular. Nice. Um so the first thing I want to discuss uh is this ordinance 20101 uh, um that would introduce three new elements into the comprehensive development plan for 2022. The first thing I want to do uh, is ask uh, Rich to give us a brief background of the Comprehensive Development Plan, uh, because I don't know what it is. Sure. So um, the Comprehensive Plan is um, something uh, in um, most states um, that um, you have to have in order to have planning and zoning um, powers. So um, in a nutshell, uh, planning and zoning powers are... Uh, delegated by state governments to local governments, just to kind of get a little civics uh, 102 maybe aspect of this. And uh, so it's, it's a fun, fundamental foundational uh, policy, but more in policy document, depending on the state. And most of my experience, actually the vast majority of my experience is outside the state of Delaware, but um, I'm a Marylander. But um, however, um, most states require the comprehensive plan in order so you can have zoning uh, powers. So uh, the um, I know it may not be terribly exciting, but people do often get terribly excited when something's built next to their house they don't like. The problem in the planning world and the growth and development world or whatever you call it um, is that that's the, the worst time to get involved in a growth issue, uh, whether it's something you want or something you don't want. Um, because the best time to get involved is in the comprehensive planning stage, which is the stage we're in now. And um, I really, if, if there's one message I would have tonight is to get involved. And getting involved in the comprehensive plan is not um, a one-time deal. It's a long-term commitment. Um, so uh, it's not as if you come out to a public hearing and wave a sign and, and make a nice speech for three minutes and, and then you're done. It's, it's much more of a marathon. It takes a long time to develop one of these things, but it has more influence over time. If you do it right, then um, you know, it, it come showing up at, at, to oppose or support an individual specific project because everything's supposed to flow from the comprehensive plan. Your zoning, where your water and sewer service goes, transportation, what have you. And Delaware is one of the states where um, the comprehensive plan has legal status. It's not just some you know, guideline document. Um, so that's, that's what the comprehensive plan is about. And you mentioned the legislation so um, that passed just this past Tuesday night. Uh, so just like other states, um, local governments are required to develop a comprehensive plan and they outline generally what the table of contents are, to put it simply. Uh, they're called elements or chapters uh, of the comprehensive plan. They cover typical things currently. Uh, well, the state requires 12 uh, chapters, elements, and they cover the range of things you might expect. Transportation, land use, housing, economic development, the typical topics you would think of, generic topics. What the county did, is the first time the county has ever changed the, uh, what's required to be in the comprehensive plan, 
um, it adds three chapters and elements. So that those are um, environmental justice, social justice, and um, hazard mitigation. Um, those are all things we were talking about addressing um, along the way. We're six months into updating a comprehensive plan. It's not due um, per state law, not due until 2022, but we, we started in June for um, a lot of outreach engagement. Obviously, in this age of COVID, it's a little different, but we've made it very easy to get involved. And so um, the best way to do that, you could type in any search engine, Google, what have you, um, NCC for Newcastle County, NCC 2050. 2050 is the year we're projecting to. So it's a 30-year look the comprehensive plan. We have to update it every 10 years, but we're looking 30 years out. So that's the reason for 2050. So NCC 2050, you'll get to our webpage and you can join, engage, many different ways you can do that. Um, so the legislation that passed on Tuesday night requires those three things to be looked at. Um, and uh, the three chapters, and those were conversations we've been having, but that requires the chapters on those things now. And so we'll have to um, add those to the comprehensive plan. And uh, so that, you know, those are very important issues. Um, and, um, you know, to what degree other local governments have done those across the country, we've looked at, so I could talk about that. But long answer to your initial question, but I'll, I will stop here. I'm sure you have other questions. No, that's uh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's that's perfect, actually, because my next question would would be to Jordan just to give us, you know, some background information about how these elements will be added, because I do think, you know, it's it's significant. As you said, the, the plan is is legally binding here. So you're you're actually in, introducing into that law, um, you know, elements of social justice, environmental justice and and, and hazard mitigation. Uh, I want to talk about sort of what specifically um, those can do within there, but first, Jordan, um, how how what was the genesis of this, and how did these uh, elements get sort of inter introduced and 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 lobbied for and promoted, and then uh, eventually passed uh, just the other night? Well, this is actually more of a Dave Carter and Dustin question than a Jordan question, but um, historically, we've been looking at fence line communities for years and just disproportionate health impacts that you see. Um, you have higher cancer rates. You have higher um, just different lung diseases. Um, I mean, down in Sussex, there's male prostate cancer around their coal power plant. Just in all these areas, there's just these health impacts and you have degrading soil quality, air quality and water quality. So when we're building new neighborhoods, obviously you wanna avoid building residential around these areas or on these areas, but you also wanna kind of keep new heavy industry away from existing residences. You want to protect the quality of life for everybody. Um, so I think there's just been a groundswell in the past few years, especially once the, the state put through HB 190, which essentially gutted the Coastal Zone Act um, and allowed in more heavy industry, more um, multiple use sites and bringing back that bulk transfer operation. So people obviously, they don't want things to keep moving in the way they are. We want to protect human health. Uh, that should be a priority of every government. And this seems like one one way to do it. Yeah. Is it fair to say that this uh, was a response to the basically the repeal of the Coastal Zone Act and, and trying to take some responsibility for some of the things it was doing? I believe so. I can't speak on that directly, but I know, I mean, since that passed, um, people have been trying to talk about adding like three mile buffers from any any new heavy industry. And I know there's been pushback on that back and forth because is it applicable? Is it, you know, are you able to do it without just shutting down all heavy industry within the state? Can I just say a little about that? Um, so to be clear, um, the comprehensive plan, what, what we mentioned as the list of things that need to go in the comprehensive plan is, is good, important, it's a conversation starter. But as said at the planning board and the county council when this legislation was going through, you know, people can hold up the issues they think are the most important in their mind at that time, at the, at, at the moment. Um, and certainly um, the ones that are in that legislation are very important, environmental justice, social justice, and hazard mitigation. But 
if you look at what's directly and indirectly implied uh, or directed to be in the comprehensive plan, it's it's a litany of issues. Uh, it's almost everything you could think of um, affecting growth, um, some things more directly than others in the next 30 years. But what really matters um, is what the comprehensive plan says, directs, and, and outlines for those things. So for example, we could have, you know, pretty general happy language about we all want social justice, you know, sure we do. Um, but if you want to get serious about it and outline what does that mean, really? Uh, what are the specific measurable directive policies, rules, other recommendations, metrics you may have on that? Um, that's what really matters. So for people that care about these or other issues or, or some of the things that Jordan was talking about with the coastal zone and how that might relate to um, environmental justice, for example, people really need to get engaged and, and, and stay on top of what, how the plan comes together and what it's saying about those things. Because, you know, <laughs> I've been, been a planner for now 30 years um, and um you know, people are, can be really good at sort of trying to make everyone happy, right? So that's that's a lot of what people in government want to do, make everyone happy and not make tough decisions sometimes. Sometimes people in government are good at making tough decisions, but um, that doesn't always happen naturally, unfortunately. So, um, uh, so planners and the planning process, you know, lends itself to having people make general statements in the comprehensive plan about these things, everyone's happy, they leave you alone, right? That's not why I got in the, in the field of planning uh, by any means, for, for sure. So um, I, I, I would encourage people that care about these issues to get involved. Uh, and again, type in NCC at 2050 and any search, search engine, you will get right there and, and to, watch, participate, and, and, and to be vocal about what the comprehensive plan says about social justice, environmental justice, hazard mitigation, or anything else you think is important. Um, because again, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Uh, and so the plan can say, we should go do these things, or it could, again, be very specific and outline details of how that should occur. Um, so that's important whether you care about uh, the coastal zone and what can be built around there uh, or about uh, other issues across the county. So is it fair to say um, that the language or the guidelines uh, that would be incorporated into these three elements could direct, could be as, as direct or as sort of hands off as, as we decide to be. So in other words, let me give an example and maybe that you tell me whether this would be an example of something, you know, if, if if we lay out an environmental justice that, you know, uh, my friend Victor Perez at the University of Delaware needs to do uh, some sort of uh, analysis of, of an area, uh, how the environment and how that growth is going to affect that area, um, and he does that kind of work, we can, we can say we want this kind of reporting, we want this kind of oversight, uh, and, and be very di directive uh, – in that language is, is that is that sort of what you're getting at and if people get involved and and sort of give their input now we can we can put a we can put a, a, a set of guidelines together that'll help us do this that's exactly right you put that very well so um you know if if, if i wanted to not i not make it about me by any means definitely not about me but you know one could easily take the legislation just passed and people should actually read it very general. That's not a criticism. It's just, I mean, actually a lot of the state, current state law about what has to be in a comp plan is pretty general. So um, it's very general what, what um, the legislation has passed about what has to be in a comprehensive plan. It's very general. Um, so we can make it as light as you will, as, if you will, um, make it very light and sort of have some general happy language about it. Um, or we could do what, just as you were saying, be very sort of directive specific about, okay, what does this mean? How does it manifest itself into our zoning rules, for example, um, or other policies and, and levers and pulleys and, and county government? 
So, Jordan, what kind of work is going on? Um, uh, can you explain a little bit further about what's at uh, NCC 2050? What kind of uh, work is being done in what areas and what things are being looked at right now? I mean, I, I'm not in the land use department. I'm just on the stakeholder advisory committee. Yeah, so what, are you, what, you what are you? What are you? What are you? Yeah, what are you saying? Because I know you you sent me some information about just people getting involved in different areas, and sort of what are you? Yeah, what are what are you seeing of 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 how it's going and the and the involvement so far? I think it's pretty good. I, I went to the last one in 2012, and up until that point, it had been every five years, and then they changed it. Uh, to be every 10 years. So and before it'd be like very small groups with already like kind of predetermined outcomes. Like, all right, we have this area, we should make it instead of just office, office, commercial, regional, things like that. Um, now it seems like there's a lot more questions being asked about how people are not only want to see the county grow, but what they actually are doing. Like, do you walk to your park? Do you walk to a store? you bike like how are we using the land where are you going and i i like to see that because um it, it shows you know how people are actually moving in newcastle county how far they're going out of you know from where they work to where they live where they go to school where they shop and it just seems like there's been a lot more input gathering and a lot more information sharing um there are some really good workshops one i love it was places and spaces and um Rich, I think his name was Victor, the man who yeah. presented. Yeah, he, yeah, he did an amazing presentation. And it was like, you know, if if I had my dream board of what I want Newcastle County to look like, I think everything he shared was on there. And it's reutilizing, um, you know, commercial places and rethinking parking and rethinking how we get a, around and how we use land. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement in how we do things. And I think um, I'm happy with the way things are going now with the planning and the input that's being asked. And there's a lot of hard questions that are being asked. I was just doing two of the surveys and it was one of the questions was like, if you want this much growth in northern Newcastle County, like pick three areas where you think these homes should be built, because we do have to account for the growth in population. But also, I, the one thing that I didn't like is I know there's a certain amount of homes below the canal that have already been approved and not built. And I wonder how that's going to factor into future planning, because a lot of stuff, stu stuff stopped after the 2008 crash. And I don't know how fast it's picking up. Like, we do still have vacancies. We do still have a need for affordable housing. But those questions are being asked. So those are the things we really need to think about is, should we directing you know, funding to distressed areas directly to homeowners, directly to those businesses, things like that, instead of like trying to come in and gentrify areas. There's a lot of questions that need to be asked. So, Sure. And if I could add, you know, uh, it's gratifying to hear someone like Jordan who's been on, you know, on, on the ground uh, in the community dealing with kind of issues for a while, um, talk about where we are so far. And, you know, we're just um, a few months into this at the stage, uh, the comp plan that is, but we've, we've really committed ourselves to make this the, it may sound corny, but the best comprehensive plan ever the county's had. And, and, and we mean that, um, you know, one of the things, um, I came into the department just a little less than four years ago, um, uh, when the Meyer administration came in. So, um, I've never worked in Newcastle County before I came up here to, to, to do this job and um, really focused on trying to continue to do all the things the department does. The department does a number of different things, ranging from code enforcement to um, development review, inspections and permits, and, and long-range planning, although it's never been known, really, quite frankly, for its long-range planning efforts. And um, the county, uh, at least the 2012 plan, um, was not, I, I think it's fair to say, it wasn't here in 2012, wasn't a big priority of the department. Um, consultant did it without a ton of public input. Um, I think Jordan was referencing that a little bit. So we really worked hard, again, it makes it extra hard in this age of COVID, but we've really worked hard to try to make it as um, participatory as possible, a number of different outreach avenues, whether encouraging 
stakeholder groups to have their own outreach effort, workshop, whatever you want to call it. And we work with them to do that, to do our own, have surveys, social media, uh, using Zoom, using, you know, old school surveys where possible. So um, we're trying to engage people as much as we can. And um, so that's that's just critically important. The county, just the, sort of the culture of the county, if you will, from a growth perspective, has not, again, having worked in a lot of other communities, has not sort of seen a comprehensive plan, I would argue, as the primary driving document. It, they tend to look more at the um, what's called the Unified Development Code or UDC for those that deal with this stuff all the time. Um, they seem to, to look to that as the, the driving document. And starting with your first question, uh, Robert, at the beginning, um, that's where the zoning is. Uh, UDC contains uh, the zoning uh, and um, the, the building code uh, in there. And so... Um, it's consolidated. It's kind of unique. Not many local governments put them together. Most local governments have a separate zoning code, separate subdivision code, uh, and, um, and and of course building and, and other things. So basically, it's a combination of your um, subdivision ordinances and your zoning ordinances. What the UDC is. So the county has that combined, but that's been the focus: is the ordinance, the law, as opposed to what's driving it. What's the bigger picture? And that's what the comprehensive plan is about. And by law, the, um, the UDC and, and other policies related to growth has to follow the comp plan. So um, that's why it's very important. It just hasn't, it's not something um, that, that I would, I, I would say it's not something that a lot of people that in the county that are very interested in growth have focused on much in in, in the past. And so what I'm trying to do is to turn that around a little bit and to emphasize its importance. Again, if you, because what we hear a lot about, and this is human nature, and it's not unique to the county necessarily, when people get very vocal and concerned about a growth issue is often when trees are being cut down or something like that next to their house, right? Because someone's going to build something um, or something they really want, you know, whether it's some kind of commercial economic development that they think should be going on. But now's the time uh, because this is a more longer term outreach. And, and the problem is it takes a long time to develop a comp plan. It's more policy based, a little more ethereal, a little less tangible, concrete. So I get all that. So I, all I can really do is to really encourage people to, to, to get involved. Yeah. I, I was thinking um, my, myself, I've, I've lived here my whole life uh, I lived in Newark I went to the University of Delaware and then I lived as, in Newark as an adult uh, I grew up sort of near where, where Jordan uh, lives um, and it seems to me that my whole life um, any argument about growth or development was just like how many more cars are you pushing down these roads and how many people are going to be able to park when they get to the spot that they're getting now, maybe, not, and, and you talked about trees cutting down. Obviously, everything in anybody's backyard is always going to be huge, too. But th this seems to be a move away from away from that and really taking a, a, an approach where we want to figure out how people are living and what they want and sort of a direction we need to go. And then we can apply, you know, we can apply numbers and, and a more sort of uh, tangible, you know, uh, uh, technocratic sort of answer when we get there, but we really need a guiding principle. And I don't think anybody's talked about any kind of anything like this before. To be perfectly honest, this is pretty well, great. That might be. Um, they probably talked about it as a big priority. And I, I really, yeah, I, I, I really think that's probably a better way to put it is, is, is there, it certainly wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't a part of a, of a, of a bigger effort or, and it certainly, I don't think, and Jordan can correct me if I'm wrong. It certainly wasn't anything that anybody spent a lot of time researching i actually uh, watched um councilman councilman carter's uh presentation today on the on the video before the ordinance was passed and like i, I you know i had never seen anything quite like that um that wasn't just uh, technocratic or as you said it was just funny when you said it was just the last comprehensive plan was given to a you know given to a consultant you know to, to write um, i think that that's indicative of you know the time people spend and how important they think having sort of a, a more 
holistic approach about how people live and a direction you should go before you start applying just, you know, whatever, whatever sort of code you have. So, yeah, yeah well, one of the things is it was pretty inaccessible. Land use has always kind of been a topic that a lot of people find very, very dull until it affects them directly. And so most people's engagement with any kind of land use uh, planning or practice is reactive. It's it's because of something that's already in the works and the plans have already been submitted and filed. And at that point, you're just, you're trying to make the best out of the situation that is that it applies without really looking at the overall picture. Right. And, um, you know, like I said before, the county's not really prioritized the comp plan much uh, in the past. And, um, you know, also just the department, not to get, bureaucratic weeds, but the department has a lot of very customer service. They're very good at it, I would argue. Customer service, very transactional, very um, short-term priorities that it has, whether it's, you know, something like code enforcement, you're trying to deal with someone that's got trash in their yard or a building's falling down. So that's a very here and now issue, or you've got, um, you know, people want, people want their permits for something they're trying to build. They want that now. Uh, are people trying to get a development through the development review process? So those are very um, tangible, short-term or medium-term projects that people want. And that's been the priority of the department uh, in the past, and 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 the count and the department is very good at it. We have great professionals at that. Um, and um, you know, the, this county is a county of 560,000 people. I've worked with hundreds of local governments. Um, I've worked for some. I've worked with many. Um, and I've never seen a county, a local government, the size of Newcastle County, that did not have a long-range and or comprehensive planning uh, division section in it when I came um, here to work for Newcastle. Um, we have one now. but um, And there was one in the early 2000s um, that they got rid of. So that was mind-blowing, to be honest. Um, but it's very telling. And so um, I mentioned all the reasons before why it's important um, and except to say that, uh, you know, I think the county in a lot of ways from a growth perspective is at a crossroads. So you've got a lot of the county, you have the areas south of the, county, south of the canal, southern Newcastle County, that um, traditionally is um, very rural, still very rural, most of it. Got a couple of municipalities down, a few municipalities down there, um, but you have a lot of bedroom communities being built and, and continuing to being built down there. Um, so you have that kind of newer suburban development down there, typifying it. And then above the canal, you got a range of things. You certainly have municipalities with you know some very urban settings like Wilmington, of course. Um, but then you you have some sort of older suburbs that I think have more in common with what people might consider a urban landscape than a suburban landscape and so the county is is maybe you think of it in, in some ways um a lot of the development landscape if you will the communities the neighborhoods uh even the commercial areas a, a lot of the county um especially above the canal maybe think of as being middle-aged it's kind of getting middle-aged right so it, it's not a young freshly fresh suburb anymore um but it's critically important that the county recognizes that and maintains an, a, a vibrant community. So always will be some communities will be better off than others. Um, and we need to do all we can to deal with equity. But um, I think a lot of, this is not unique. I've seen a lot of counties go through this sort of um, evolution, if you will, when they are fast, you know, rural, and then fast-growing suburban county, and then things level off a little bit, then they get to be an older suburban county, just like life a little bit. Uh, and so um, I think we're a little more that middle-aged county, if you sort of average it out, if you will. And this is a little bit of a long, going on a little bit here, but um, I think that's really important that we recognize that we have some older uh, suburban communities that need to be not only thinking about growth, new growth here, there, and everywhere, but like, how are we improving, enhancing the 
the vitality, the safety, the, um, the longevity of our existing communities, our existing built environment. Because most of what we're going to build in this county is already here. We didn't take care of what we got. And I, I just don't think that that has been a... I'm not saying no one's ever thought about that before, by any means. Um, I'm not coming up with anything new. I just don't think that has been at the front of the mindset of a lot of people that engage in growth issues in Newcastle County. So that's why I think that's a huge reality that we need to think about in, in this comp plan. Yeah, as part of it, uh, and, and maybe Jordan can kind of talk about some of the organizing around this, but is part of this plan uh, redirecting for infrastructure and understanding that um, just to sustain, you know, whatever you're say, you know, you have some sort of housing stock, but really the infrastructure around that, whether it be parks, uh, bus routes, uh, whatever it might be, just needs improvement in order to sustain sort of the this the way that it is. Uh, is that part of this as well? Sort of uh, looking at, at at aspects like that, not necessarily something new or or determining what growth can go where or or we should use that as a park or something else or whatever but but actually targeting sort of where um where infrastructure should be improved or 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 where things should go to improve that infrastructure i think you're right and that's what it should be doing i mean there certainly are some new areas but we're not starting from scratch you know i think when you go through these exercises it's more fun to pretend you have you know a clean slate and oh, this yeah. should go there. This should go there. We should, do but you know, and we still need to do a little of that. Um, but to your point, it's harder. It's 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 harder when you're at this stage um, to think about how do we deal with what we already have. How you know we've got existing community, existing people, citizens in this place, that place. So yeah, exactly. How do we um, improve the infrastructure there? Whether it's things like stormwater management, that's good. The climate change, um, the amount of whether you know, sea level rise is not a huge issue specifically in Newcastle County. There's a few areas where it is an important issue, but um, that climate change is not limited to sea level rise for sure. Um, I think the main thing I've seen countywide that's probably the most direct manifestation of climate change is the frequency and um, intensity of storm events. So a lot of our communities were built before there were modern um, storm management facilities built in them um and even some i some of the ones aren't even that old are um, challenged with some of the kind of storms we've seen lately um uh so that's that's an issue you know how we green our communities um how we service them with transit as you mentioned obviously we don't have a direct role with transit we certainly work with delta on those kinds of things um and other services other things you know even community or economic development at a smaller scale uh, in some of our um, older communities. Economic development is not only about bringing in some huge, big, new, shiny industry. Um, I think it's also very much about what I call uh, singles and doubles. It's not only about home runs, singles and doubles, you know, small businesses on our, um, our main streets or streets that aren't really called main streets, but have a lot of characteristics characteristics of main streets are, are commercial corridors um so that's that's i think something i'd like to see be a, a big priority in the comp plan it's more fine-grained if you will uh and you know we're at the stage now in the comprehensive plan where we're looking at um uh, mainly focused on in, outreach and input uh, on broad issues that's where we've been so far the workshops that we have had the surveys that we've had and other things that we've been doing. So we haven't, by no means, if you haven't been involved yet, by no means is it too late uh, at all. So we're gonna begin to switch um, as we get to a new year, calendar new year. Uh, so in the next over the next month, we're gonna kind of transition to, we've heard a lot of things. So now we'll start to talk about what we're gonna do with what we've heard so far. By no means does that close the conversation on new ideas, but just generally speaking, um, what we're going to, again, what we're going to begin doing as we get into January is to say, okay, again, we've, we've gotten this kind of input. This is what we think is telling us. So this is, these are some of the priorities, these are some of the policies we might be considering 
And that sort of synthesizing, working on that, getting input on that is what we're going to be focused on in the um, winter and spring. Yep. So, Jordan, what type of, um, I mean, outreach and input, I know you do outreach and you will give your input, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so what, what groups are you sort of liaising with? Who are you advising? Sort of what, what topics, now that the ordinance has been passed and we have these general elements that we can work around, what kind of topics um, are you getting involved with and doing organizing around? What are stuff like you're focusing on right now as, uh, for, in, in the stage that we are, we are in well, I, I've, I've been reaching out to like a lot of the people in my neighborhood um, because we actually have um, a, an old shopping center. Like you'll see along Kirkwood Highway, um, there's no continuity in design. They don't kind of blend with the neighborhoods. So they are these big block stores with giant parking lots that you can't even walk to. Uh, and, you know, this guy wants to redevelop, but he wants to take single family homes. But, um, you know, so obviously there's a big point of contention in my neighborhood about the future there and I'm like well you need to say you know we need to preserve housing we need to preserve this this is what we'll trade if it's parking spots or walkability um but I think you know obviously the homes campaign they are very concerned with the the issues of affordable housing and keeping people in place um, I don't, I don't know if it's so many groups. I mean, obviously I'm with Delaware United and PDD and then, you know, we have friends in the Sierra club and other groups like that, you know, through network. Um, but I think one of the main goals is, is really the equity issue and the transportation issue and keeping people in their homes because seniors do want to age in place. I, I live in one of the first tier suburbs, which is one of the older ones. My house is a hundred years old. So are many of my neighbors. And we have a lot of senior citizens. And um, one thing that the county really, sh I believe, should, should focus on is helping people stay in their homes and helping them with the minor repairs. Because a lot of our seniors, because of like healthcare costs and things like that, they don't have the money, they don't have the physical ability to keep up with certain improvements, but they want to stay in their home. And so, and keeping that and then keeping you know, because younger people are moving into these suburbs. They're great for affordability. Um, my neighbor sold their house in less than 24 hours. The $219,000 home. I mean, and so it, it shows there's a huge market for first-time homebuyers and for, you know, lower to moderate income homebuyers. And we really need to focus on keeping these neighborhoods up to par and revitalized. And, I, you know, Del Dot is Del Dot. Each legislator gets $250,000 a year. When you have a 500-home suburb, your streets aren't going to be paved regularly. You're going to have sinkholes. And drainage, actually, in a lot of these areas is because a lot of them were built before we even had a UDC, before there were any design or water retention standards. So my neighborhood floods regularly. Um, you know, and there's projects that are federal level um, the Army Corps of Engineers did improvements on the Little Mill Creek, which actually, once they did that, you know, the FEMA flood maps changed, helped people financially because they weren't paying that extra $1,200 a year in flood insurance. There's things like that that we should be focusing all throughout the county is really getting the drainage code right. And I think Rich uh, Land Use is doing that, correct? We're yeah. updating the drainage code. Yes, we are. Thank you. Yeah, that's this, uh, an ordinance, a draft ordinance we're working on. It should be, I'm guessing, realistically, realistically, be introduced in late January, early February. Yeah. Uh, so drainage code, stormwater management. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be. Um, I hope everyone loves it when it comes out and it, it gets adopted easily. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit of a fight. So we <laughs> probably need people's help. Okay. Well, it's like the drainage code, but then you guys did the uh, the septic moratorium, which kind of kept growth back into the, you know, the focus corridors where we have already planned for it, instead of allowing subdivisions to be built far out with no transportation infrastructure, no sewage infrastructure, right? You know, things like that, which I'm sure the developers weren't too happy about. But those kind of plans, uh, they degrade our water quality and they're not sustainable. So, right. You know, there's so many facets in planning um, that we, we have to think about the long term because 25 years from now, when septic systems are failing, you know, who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for the failed retention ponds? Well, and we know like the answer that. to that question. Well, you, yeah, it's the county. <laughs> yeah. You are going to pay for it. Right. 
that's the thing, right? And again, as I was saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that I came in and everything was wrong and all ideas I have are great. But one of the things I've noticed pretty quickly is the county is very good historically at my department at um, dealing with things that are in front of them um, in, in doing a great job, customer service and, and, and responding to um, permits and, and development plans and code enforcement, those kinds of things. But the longer range issues is not something that um, they were strong in and we're building that up um, and it's not been easy. We're building it up with the same amount of staff that we had when I started for the most part. So, um, uh, you know, it's a challenge. We're trying to reprioritize a little bit um, and we're getting there, um, but we're gonna need a lot of people's help and, and continued support to um, make these things a priority just beyond my own department. These things are important to executives as well, by the way, but um, you know, there's always uh, many, many, many competing um, priorities in any in any government. Yeah. Well, I, I just to close out, I want to see if if this issue sort of um, fits into the other, if it can be used. I'm I hesitate to uh, to talk about anything that's called a task force, um, especially when the task force is going to create then a committee, uh, because I'm just like, what the what is happening? Um, but uh, Land Preservation Task Force, I got a little bit of uh, information over the last couple of days. And again, I, I, you know, I, I don't expect a lot from, from just people talking, but um, can you explain sort of what that is and, and how you're able to, I guess, budget, budget for or, or strategize around how to budget for the preservation dollars that you're going to spend, uh, whether it's uh, agricultural land um, or other things, um, and 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 does this fit into does work like this fit into some of the infrastructure and 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 pre preservation stuff that we just talked about? Mm -hmm. It does. Thank you. So land preservation, um, I think, is a very, will be a very important part of the comprehensive plan. And you're right. We had a task force that just recently finished up. Uh, they or a task force appointed by the county executive to look at this issue. The county has some beautiful parks. Um, some of them are state, some are federal, and some are county. Um, and as one of the really cool things about Newcastle County is you are um, a county that has areas in, in the Piedmont. In other words, you have areas that are rolling and, and have hills and such. And then you also have areas that are um, what you would say are the coastal plain or, you know, uh, tidal, you have tidal waters, um, especially when you get down to like the southeast part of the county. So within one county of the wide diversity of landscapes and, and ecosystems and all of that. And then of course you have ag agricultural land preservation as well. Uh, and agriculture still in, in even a county that counts is very important. Um, not only because people like the idea of having farms around them and looking at them, but it's an important industry also. And, and having your food grown locally has gotten more and more important uh, and, and people, as people have seen. So uh, we had the task force, they finished up working, working on legislation to implement uh, the recommendations. Um, and uh, so how you pay for it was your key question. There's a number of things that can be done. Um, partnerships is a big one. So, you know, government doesn't have to pay for it all. So there are nonprofits that we can partner with to, to share the cost. So that's, there's some examples of that going on right now, actually. Um, are there, um, can, we, can we make better use of our, 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 be better positions to get our fair share from state dollars on land preservation? And, and I would argue we have not, especially on the agricultural side, gotten our fair share of agricultural preservation dollars the way the rather simplistic formula works at the state level um, the county's not gotten a fair share of agricultural preservation dollars. So can we do a better job arguing for getting our fair share? Um, can we make our dollars go further? I think we can doing a number of different things, the partnerships, uh, augmenting it with state dollars, what have you. Um, and then try to program, um, better program about the county dollars that are actually spent. So do we come up with specific fund so if we don't spend the dollars in one year, that can roll forward instead of getting absorbed into other budget priorities. So, you know, it's hard in government. We're talking about all the priorities that government may have, whether it's public safety, 
housing, what have you, and then, um, you know, land preservation has to compete with all those things and it should compete, right? So um, with, with other county priorities. Um, so it's a matter of being smart about how you spend those dollars. The other thing is, you know, where, where you're preserving. So do you want to preserve a farm, for example, that in 10 years isn't going to be surrounded by housing subdivisions? No, that doesn't make any sense. But the, the state program doesn't think that way whatsoever. Uh, and the, the county, um, you know, did some ag preservation on its own in the early 2000s. Since then, has not really done much. In the last three years, we've partnered with the state program and tried to um, use some county dollars, partner, bundle it with state dollars to buy better farms than they would have bought on their own because of the way the state simplistic formula works. So it's a little bit of a complex answer to your question. It's a problem. You ask a planner a simple question, he's going to give you a complicated answer. But uh, it's an occupational hazard, I guess. Uh, no worries. No, no worries. worries. So, um, Jordan, I'm going to give you the last sort of word about just getting involved. Um, uh, you know, how I, I know the, the, the website's there. Any any search engine, NCC2050, all the information's there. You can find it. Um, you can read up and get involved. Um, so, Jordan, what, what, what other issues should, should people be thinking about and how um, – how specifically can they get involved? I guess everything's on Zoom now, unfortunately, but that's how it goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to have to be that way for a while, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. until this virus gets under control and we have real leadership at the federal level. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, just get on that website. Really um, follow the Department of Land Use on Facebook. Um, and one of the cool things about the NCC 2050 website is you can actually get um, your own Planning 101 certificate. So you can learn a little bit more about how land use works, how planning works, um, the different facets, what's actually covered, what's not. And George um, is a grad, she's a, um, yeah. a proud, proud graduate. Sorry to interrupt. but she's a I'm probably graduate. like one of the first people because I'm such a nerd for that stuff. <laughs> uh, but it, it's good. I mean, land use is very interesting. Um, because it's our future, and if we want better parks, and if we want more community-oriented design, we want more transportation-oriented design, we want infill, we want to revitalize our communities, the only way to do it is to really get in that document and, you know, make our voices heard. You can't just react to things, because it's too late at that point. Um, you really, it's like a vision board, <laughs> And this is our vision for the future. And um, it, especially from the progressive angle, if we want to see, you know, better community um, investment um, in our most distressed communities and get the amenities there, um, keep people in homes, keep people, um, you know, with substance abuse treatment and things like that in our policing. I mean, these are our, our documents, you know, if we want to mitigate flooding, if we want to mitigate environmental hazards or, uh, you know, things like that, you know, it's, it's what's going to be built because, I mean, we do have to grow. The population's growing. We do need housing. There's things we need, but, you know, you have to have your opinion known on how you want to get there because otherwise it's going to be decided for you. How it currently goes is, you, you, you know, you buy a parcel and if it follows the law, you get to develop and it might not be compatible extremely to the surrounding uses but if it follows the law it follows the law and you know all the screaming you want isn't going to change anything so if you want a future for newcastle county that you're happy with that you want your children to live in you want better jobs you know more walkability more bikeability better environmental outcomes you have to be involved now <laughs> yeah. so you know get on that get on that uh, website um it's on the facebook too all of the previous workshops which are very good and very informative um you'll even get to hear some q on folks uh share their opinions so, i love that we just we just did we we just did a bonus episode on all that yeah we we're, we're, we did we did a we did a really strange deep dive last week i, I can't tell you anything about it though well yeah no i mean it's 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 not hard to be involved in stuff like this and uh, people shouldn't feel intimidated because there's so many people who have opinions that aren't based in facts or reality uh, that have no problem sharing their opinion. 
you know, people with outdated thoughts. Um, so yeah. we do need new voices. I mean, I know land use isn't the most exciting topic in the world, but it's very important. <laughs> you know? I can tell you that uh, Rich is dancing right now. That's how exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, he knows it's true. Like, it's hard to get people well, interested when you're be- talking about, you know, yeah, I mean, to be requirements and lines of sight and setbacks. And- <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, but th- here's the thing that I took out of this today because I didn't know a lot about it. I made a funny joke at the beginning about, you know, being excited about, you know, code or whatever. Um, but there is a there is a difference between what you describe, which is, you know, a developer has a has a parcel and they're going to develop it. And as long as it as long as the numbers meet these numbers and you do this and you put parking spots up, then you can just do it. And if you argue it. Um, you're sort of the ball, the, 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 the horse has already left the barn. Um, but to change the discussion and to go out to people and say, would you like to be able to walk to the store? Would you like to have like maybe some, a transportation thing here rather than this? Would you like to keep your, your neighbors in their homes as they age because you've known them for 25 or 30 or whatever? Like when you start to ask those questions, it's a little bit different than, you know, arguing about setbacks. Like, obviously, somebody's going to have to argue about setbacks, but um, people getting involved to actually sort of talk about future growth and, and what they would, how they would want to live their life is a lot more, uh, I think, productive and, and helpful, uh, and it gets more people involved. So I, I actually, from that perspective, learned something, and I think it's, I think that's pretty great. So, right. Well, uh, Rich, uh, land use GM of Newcastle County, thank you very much for taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. Enjoyed it. Of course. And and Jordan, we always uh, enjoy having you. Um, we will have you in any time. Uh, once this once this COVID is over, we'll be able to come back into the studio and, and, and see each other if we're ever able to do that ever again. It'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> or if it's warm, we'll just sit in your backyard like 20 feet apart. <laughs> yeah, we did. During the summer, we did record a few uh, uh, outside. It was two, two or three, I guess, we did um, with like stage mics sitting across from each other. And it was they were they were fun, but uh, we're not going to be doing that uh, for the next few months uh, either. So, um, yeah, I mean, I look forward to the spring. You know, hope springs eternal. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, once again, Rich Jordan, thank you very much. Um, you know how to find our stuff at at Highlands Bunker on Twitter, uh, Highlands Bunker, uh, the Highlands Bunker on Patreon, and uh, we will be putting this up on Delaware Call uh, because I think it's uh, some cool civic stuff, and I hope you guys are enjoying um, the audio and the stuff that we're putting up there. We have a lot of things planned for the new year, so keep following and reading the Delaware Call. Uh, thanks, everybody. Left is best. <laughs> <laughs>